This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. In worship this morning, and uh, for Brother Clint Fox leading us in a wonderful uh, communion thought, we appreciate you and, and thank you. want to say good morning, church. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord, amen. Uh, as you can see, Aaron and Lizzie are with us uh, this morning, and we're so happy to see them here this morning. You guys might as well move on back. Uh, come on back home. <laughs> so good to see you guys here. Uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest, Sam. How you doing, brother? Uh, and you're always welcome to this church whenever the doors are open. We hope that you find this place welcoming, friendly, exciting, and a place for you to grow spiritually. So we're happy that you're here with us this morning, and we believe that you've come to the right place because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. Oh, you got it down. Great. <laughs> in all of Mission Viejo. So we're so happy and so thankful this morning. What a wonderful Bible class this morning. Amen. For those of you that were here, our brother from Uganda uh, presented us with some ministry and mission work that he's doing out there, and, and what a wonderful, encouraging class. And then Don followed it up. It's, it was just a great class, and uh, if you missed it this morning, you missed out on something really, really great. So we hope that you can attend our Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 9.30. I know you'll be richly, richly blessed. Today I am running on fumes, uh, and I'm running on fumes because uh, we walked into our home this morning about 3.30 a.m., uh, and I literally drove my kids, uh, I don't know the right word, up the wall. I had them in the car for about 20 hours over the course of a day and a half or so. As you know, we were heading up to Sacramento to celebrate our churches, our previous churches, 50-year anniversary. So we were going to hop on the grapevine uh, Friday. Lo and behold, the grapevine is closed because we got a little bit of rain, right? It's just a little bit of mud. Uh, so the grapevine was closed, so we decided to take the scenic route. We took the 1 to the 101 to the I don't even know the names of the roads. And guess what? Everybody else decided to take that route too. So it took us 13 hours to get to Sacramento um, on Friday. Uh, and then we had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. The girls did a great job in the car the entire time. I'm so proud of them. But then we didn't leave Sacramento last night until about 8 o'clock p.m. And I said, you guys hang with me, just truck along. And Mary said, Jason, I'm going to stay awake with you and just keep you up during the drive. As you can see, Mary is well rested this morning, amen, as she slept the entire time. But we had a, a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Can't wait to tell you more about uh, what we did. But today, as we uh, continue on, uh, I want to let you know that we are working our way through a sermon series entitled, the Monday Church. And I wish I can say that I came up with this title myself, but I didn't. This title comes from a book by a guy by the name of Jerry Cook, and his book is entitled The Monday Morning Church. And what he states in his book is this, in order for a church to be effective, they must get out of the sanctuary and into the streets. And I couldn't agree more with that premise. And last week we talked about how as a church, we need to learn to be more incarnational if we want to be a Monday 
church. Today, in part two, I'd like to talk about adaptability. Adaptability this morning. Thanks to Skeeter for giving me a wonderful thought. <laughs> adaptability. So, uh, first of all, I want to I define the word or the term adaptability. What does it mean to be able to adapt, right? And are we good at that? Is that something that we enjoy? So by definition, the word adaptability means to, or the ability to adjust to different conditions. The ability to adjust to different conditions. And guess what? I think that probably most of you are like me. And I kind of look like this guy in this next picture when it comes to adaptability. When it comes to change, I couldn't find a better picture. This is the best one I can come up with. I, I don't like change. Anybody else out there that doesn't like change, or is it just me? Amen. We need to have a non-change connect group, right? And just meet together and talk about how we don't like change. <laughs> I don't like change. I eat the same thing every single morning for breakfast. I eat the oral wheat, double fiber English muffins with a little bit of peanut butter and a little bit of honey every single morning. And I'm happy with it. Don't bother me, Mary, with trying to put strawberries on it. And I, I don't like that. I like what I like for lunch. Alicia, what do I eat every week? Subway. And it's the Subway melt on flatbread, right? I don't want it on wheat, flat. I don't like change. But Alicia made me go to Tinder Greens the other day and made me change my routine. I wasn't too happy. I don't like change. And many of you don't like change. But in order to be a Monday church, we have to learn to be adaptable, right? Because if you don't ever learn to be adaptable, you're going to have a hard time in this life. Because things happen and we have to learn how to get around the roadblocks, the grapevines, if you will. Amen. We have to learn to be adaptable. So the Monday church, the church that we are striving to be, and I think we do an okay job at, but we can improve, the church that we are striving to be is a church that is adaptable. Now let me tell you about something that, that doesn't change. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 13 and Verse number eight, to set the context of the correspondence in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews was a letter that was written to a largely Jewish Christian audience. And the theme of the book of Hebrews was that Christ is supreme. It's no longer the law. It's no longer the traditions of the forefathers. It's no longer the, the, the teachings of the Jewish customs that you grew up in, who is supreme now? The supremacy is Christ. Christ is the supreme being, and the author of Hebrews was writing to this Jewish audience because they were having some, some problems. Uh, these Jewish Christians were strict adherents to the traditions and customs of their forefathers, insomuch that these traditions and customs had become a law unto themselves. And what they were doing is they were making the life and the ministry and the purpose of Jesus Christ of none effect because their laws and their customs and traditions were the most important. And the writer here in Hebrews 
reminds the Christians that the doctrine of Christ will always be relevant, and it will never change. And that's why it says here in this text, Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he was communicating to this Jewish audience is, look, times change. Customs and traditions change. People in leadership positions change. Physically, you change. Amen? Things happen. Life is all about change, but there is one person and one thing that will always be relevant and never change, and that is Jesus Christ and his gospel. The message of Christ is always relevant no matter where we find ourselves culturally. Do you believe that this morning? I believe that. No matter where we are, no matter where we live in the world, the gospel of Christ is always relevant and his message will never change. But guess what? Methods can change. And oftentimes methods do need to change in order that we can communicate this unchanging gospel to lost people. Methods often change, and if we think in our minds that we shouldn't change methods, we, we, we may find ourselves up against some, some struggles. You see, the Monday church is always thinking about new methods in order to share the gospel. Have you ever bought something that said one size fits all? That happens to me all the time, right? I went to the store the other day and I bought some shorts. And I've never seen one-size-fits-all shorts before, right? But they had the stretchy, elastic material. Say, so, oh, these are nice. So I put them on. The shorts came down to my ankles, right? And I'm a really tall guy, so I don't know how that happened, amen? I don't know how that happened. But have you ever bought something that was one-size-fits-all, and then you realize it just doesn't fit you? Golf gloves, you guys have that happen? One-size-fits-all, it doesn't fit. Or hats or whatever, the one-size-fits-all approach often doesn't work. And the Monday church realizes this concept. So here you go. I want to I leave you with some practical steps on, on how the church can learn to become more adaptable so that we can really be a Monday church. We have to realize that one size does not fit all. You know, our fellowship was really, really famous for mass evangelism, right? And there was this very famous uh, uh, up-to-date form in which we shared the gospel in video format. I think they were called film strips, right? And you guys know the film strips that I'm talking about. Jewel Miller. How many of you have seen the Jewel Miller film strip? Now that's mass evangelism, Amen. Some of you who are under the age of 20, what's a film strip? What is that, right? Mass evangelism, we use that. What about, have you read this track before? Why am I a member of the Church of Christ? Have you seen that? Have you read that before? Mass evangelism, right? We use those, and for a season they do work, but then methods change, right? Have you tried to pass out a Why Am I a Member of Church of Christ track today? Have you done it recently? If you try to do it, people will look at you like you're crazy. What are you giving me this piece of paper for? And they might think you're Jehovah's Witness or Mormon or something like that, right? So it would be silly for us to do that. Or how many of you have tried to play the Jewel Miller film strips recently on your 3D TV? It doesn't work, does it, right? Because methods 
change, even though that message is so powerful, and it won't change. So we have to stay current with the methods. Like I said, I went to, um, it was such a wonderful time this weekend, drove up to Sacramento. I got invited to speak at my previous church's 50th year anniversary. The church there started in 1965. They bought this huge plot of land, and they built this huge building, right? Huge building, and the church was growing. It was thriving. It was maybe 500 members at one point, right? And it was a time culturally where the church and the culture really fit. You see, people outside of the church, they dressed up every day back in the 60s, didn't they, right? wore suits and ties to work. Uh, My grandpa still wears suits and ties, right? And the church mirrored that, and we saw an explosion within the church. Booming! And this church at North Metro on Norwood Ave, right next to Del Paso Heights, Gary, was a booming, thriving church. But over the course of time, they continued to try to use the same methods that they had been using in 1965, the community began to change, and what happened was the church began to atrophy. It began to die off because culturally, the church and the culture wasn't fitting. It just didn't, didn't work. And I went back recently, you know, this weekend to this church, and it, it's amazing to me how the church has not changed. It still feels like 1965 when you walk into the building. They still have that little turnstile thing with all the tracks in the middle of the foyer when you walk in, right? Still there. Still the same way. Um, And the church hasn't adjusted well. So now the church is about 70 members or so, right? And they're going, what's wrong with the culture? The culture has just changed, and people just don't like the gospel. I'm going, really? You think that's it? Could it be us, maybe? No, 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 okay, I won't push it, won't touch it. You're right, it's the culture, right? They just don't get it. But when I read Scripture, Scripture says the harvest is plentiful. I guess Jesus was just talking about 1965 then, amen. He wasn't talking about today. No, he was talking about today. The harvest is plentiful. The problem is churches don't like to adapt. We don't like change because that's the way we do things here. But if we want to be the Monday church, we have to learn how to adapt because one size doesn't fit all. How else can we become the Monday church and become more adaptable? Well, we start with noticing commonalities rather than differences, right? What's the first thing that we do when we start talking about people that uh, come from other denominations? We use that language. Oh, they're from the denominational church, right? Oh, they use instruments over there. Oh, they have women preachers over there. We never talk about the commonality that we have in Jesus Christ. They're believers over there. They love the Lord, right? There's some good ministry workers over there. But it reminds me, that's what kids do. We like to point out differences rather than starting with commonalities, right? My my kids do that all the time. No, Dad, the girl with the brown hair. The girl with the blue eyes over there. We point out differences rather than figuring out, okay, what are some commonalities that we have? And in order to be an adaptable church, in order to be a Monday church, we often have to view and look at and figure out where the commonalities are with people groups. Oh, you believe this way? Oh, you believe? Okay, great. 
We have this idea. We have that idea. We start with commonalities, and that's what a Monday church does. We don't point out differences. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says this, and this is why I say this. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. You see, Paul says, my whole life's purpose is to be adaptable so that I can communicate the gospel message in order to save souls. But sadly, I believe a lot of churches within our fellowship just don't want to adapt. They'd rather die than adapt or change. And that's hard to hear and hard to think about. What else does the adaptable Monday church do? They make sure they don't live in holy huddles. You know what a holy huddle is? Holy huddles, where all your friends are church members, all your social activities revolve around church folks, saved people. We've got to make sure we don't live in holy huddles because that's not what Jesus did. Now, there's power and encouragement when you're around like-minded people, brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not knocking that at all, but oftentimes what we do is we create holy huddles where it's just us and we have our perfect little Christian group and that's what we do. And we're not thinking about outreach. We're not thinking about the lost. And it becomes problematic. But a Monday church always thinks in terms of how can I welcome people that aren't like me into this circle or into this group. Mark chapter 2. And it reminds me of this text here. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, next slide, <laughs> why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why does Jesus break up our holy huddle? <laughs> why is he doing that? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So the adaptable church is mindful and always conscious of the fact that sometimes if we're living in our holy huddles, we've got to make sure we break and step out of those and break those up in order to share the gospel with the sick. So personal, practical, take-home message for you this morning. Uh, what is the personal challenge to you? How do we process this? The question that I want to ask and leave you with this morning is, how do I personally become more adaptable? We talked about church, but how do we personally um, become more adaptable? I've had challenges. Like I said, I don't like change. One of the things that I don't like, and I'm just going to be quite frank, is I can't stand the cold. Don't like it at all. Two years ago, my mother-in-law said, Jason, you're coming to New Hampshire. Do you know where New Hampshire is? New Hampshire for Christmas. And I said, Edie, for Christmas? Can we wait till the summer or spring or something? She said, no, you're coming up for Christmas. And I said, are you sure Christmas? We can't do a birthday in the fall or something like that. She said, Jason, you're coming up for Christmas. 
And I say, yes, ma'am, you got it. Because Mary said, if you don't, I will have your head. You better go up there. We fly up to New Hampshire. I get off the plane. It's 17 degrees. Who said it can be 17 degrees? That was ridiculous. 17 degrees when I got off the plane. In L.A., it was about 80, I think. So you know what I had on? I had my shorts and my Sperry's. I got off the plane. I said, it's freezing over here. It would have been silly if I continued to walk around in shorts, right? I'm not adapting to this. The weather must change now, right? Lord, open up the sun. <laughs> Make it warm. You know, when I got off that plane, I put on a parka. I had a parka and some big gloves and some boots. I had to adapt to the weather because it was so cold, right? Lo and behold, we had a great time, a great gathering. Uh, so I don't think I'll have to be back out on win in winter for another two, three years, right? Is that right? Okay, good. In order to be adaptable, you have to be exposed to new experiences. And like I said, I don't like change and I don't like new experiences. I don't like going to New Hampshire in December, right? I don't like change. I don't want to go to Tender Greens, Alicia. But in order to become adaptable, I have to be exposed to new experiences, right? I have to. That's what I'm called to do. And as Christians, if we personally want to become more adaptable, we have to be exposed. That starts with our head. We've got to do things different. And if we don't do things different, how can we ever become adaptable? How can we ever become a Monday church if we do the same thing over and over and over again? You've got to be exposed to new experiences. How else can you personally become more adaptable? Well, it starts with three things. One, you have to be humble. Amen? If you want to be adaptable, you have to be humble. You have to be patient. And you have to be self-controlled. And if you're like me, when it comes to change, you're going to fuss the entire time while the change is taking place, aren't you? Yes. When we went to Tender Green, I said, what, what? Really, Alicia? This, right? When it comes to being adaptable, it requires humility, patience, and self-control. Classic example that I have uh, where I had to illustrate and make sure I had all of these three things is when I first met my transgender friend, CG. I was in downtown Long Beach at a Starbucks, and I was having a meeting with a nonprofit group and I walk into this Starbucks, and I'm supposed to be meeting with two ladies, right? Uh, one's lady, the lady's name was Nancy, and the other's uh, name was CG. So I walked in, and I saw Nancy, and then I saw CG. And the first thing that I said in my head is, CG, that's not a woman. That's a man, because when I shook her hand, her hand went up to my wrist. I mean, she had big hands. And I saw the stubble and the Adam's apple, and me being a soldier and a football player and a man's man, I had a visceral response because I had never met a transgender person before in real life. Right there in the flesh, CG stood up. I said, oh, I didn't know what to do. I, I, it almost came out. Hey, man, how you doing? It didn't, though. I didn't, didn't come out. 
I'm not poking fun, but it almost came out. You know what I had to do? I had to walk into the bathroom. I turned on the water and looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, Jason, you better hold it together. You better keep it in. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it, soldier. Right? I went back out. I held it together, and I met CG. Wonderful, wonderful person. CG came to church here one time, and hopefully they'll come back again in the future. But in order to be adaptable to our culture, sometimes you've got to just keep it in. Don't say what you think all the time when you're in new experiences, amen? Didn't your mama tell you that? Don't say everything you think. Just be quiet, right? But sometimes when it comes to change and us trying to be adaptable, we fuss about it the entire time. I can't stand this. Who is this? What is this? In order to be adaptable, we've got to hold it in, keep our composure, be hum- uh, humble, be patient, and be self-controlled. And that's hard to do in an ever-changing culture because all we do is we say, look at this culture now. Look what's happening. We can't stand this. We can't stand Just be quiet. We know it's rough. We know it's terrible. Be quiet. And share the love of the gospel, the love of Christ anyway. That's hard to do, though, isn't it? Really, really hard to do. But if we want to be a Monday church, an adaptable people group, that's what we've got to do. And then lastly, we have to be mindful. Be mindful of the purpose. Mark chapter 10. Uh, You can go to that first picture, actually. Uh, This is an artistic depiction uh, of this guy by the name of Bartimaeus in Scripture. Blind Bartimaeus. Uh, And I love this picture uh, because what we see is we see Jesus putting his hands or his hand on Bartimaeus' face, and we see his disciples in holy huddles. They were having a theological discussion on the deity of Christ, they were talking about the plan of salvation or whether or not instruments are okay in worship or not. They were talking about women's roles over here. They were talking about new outreach and evangelistic plans and how they can grow their their church. And then we read this text in Mark chapter 10 that I love so much. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, this was blind Bartimaeus, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. And look what happened in verse number 48. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. And the many that rebuked him, commentators say, were the very disciples that were with Jesus. You see, they were having their holy huddle. Jesus had just uh, communicated a very powerful message. He was teaching truths of the gospel, and and the disciples were together probably pontificating on Jesus' message. And there was a man that was hurting, crying out for help. And they said, we're in our holy huddles and we're too busy. We're too busy discussing what we should be doing. Jesus paused right there. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And then if you go back to this, the previous slide, the picture, we see Jesus stopping. Stopping and healing the man. Jesus was never too busy. And this is really a message to me, you know. I'm preaching to myself. Sometimes I'm so concerned about the holy huddles, what's going on at the church and what needs to happen here, what needs to happen here, that I'm missing, that there's people all over the place crying to know Jesus, 
and I'm just too busy talking about it. That's got to change. If we're going to be a Monday morning church, our ears better be wide open for those people that are shouting, shouting to know Jesus. And the reason why you're sharing the gospel with them is so that they might be saved. So they might know Jesus Christ and the power of his rising to share in his suffering, to become children of God. And that's what it means to be an adaptable church. So this morning, maybe there's some people here, some members here uh, that are like me and struggle with change. You just don't like it. I know, it's difficult. We're going to have a huddle together here in the front for all the people that don't like change. We'll pray for each other, we'll encourage each other, and we'll say, we can do it, right? We've got to learn to be adaptable. Maybe there's someone here that's been struggling spiritually, emotionally with their families or just having a hard time. We want to make sure we always give you an invitation so you can come forward so the church can pray with you and pray for you and encourage you and help you to realize that life is so much bigger than just us, uh, myself, me. It's all about us and we. Or maybe there's someone here that's not a Christian this morning. You haven't given your life to Christ. The question I have for you was why not? Why not? Becoming a Christian is the greatest decision you'll ever make in your entire life. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And you ought to give your life in submission to him today. If you do that, you'll come into a powerful relationship with God the Father. You'll know him, and guess what? You'll be able to go to heaven one day. That's powerful. So we have a song of invitation selected here this morning. If there is anyone here with a need, we're going to have you come up during this song. But before we do, let's close with a word of prayer, and then we'll have Brother Ed come up. Lead us in a song. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much, so, so much, for your word that never changes. We thank you so much, Lord, that your word is so powerful that it is relevant yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, help us never to get in a position where we're compromising your word, where we're changing your word. But Lord, help us. And give us the wisdom to change the methods, to change the methods. Lord, we live in a tough day and age culturally. People are so busy. There's so much sin in the world. There's so many problems. But we know the world needs the gospel. And Lord, help us to be strategic. Help us to be smart. Help us to be able to adapt so that we can share the gospel in a way that makes sense to people today. Help us to be your people, Lord. Help us to always keep you first. Forgive us of our shortcomings when we, when we don't hear those shouting out for Jesus because we're too busy. We love you, Lord. We thank you. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. Brother Ed.